Well, welcome to Divine, the development and design podcast focused around the web and a few other little bits and pieces here and there. Um, I am Nick and I run a digital agency out of Collingwood in Melbourne and this is Tomo. Hello, I'm Tom. I'm a graphic designer focused on branding and I also work at the Commons, which is a co-working space in Collingwood, in Melbourne, in Victoria, in Australia, on the planet Earth. The universe. Yes, the yes. cosmos. <laughs> Good stuff. And um, today we're going to be talking about origin stories, so where, or yeah, how me and uh, Tomo got to where we are now. Um, but before that, Tomo, what have you been doing in the past week, mate? So the last week, um, firstly, locked away a set of print assets. Um, so I think there's like seven or eight different pieces for a branding project, um, which is very satisfying to nice. have that done, but also to see them kind of next to each other and witness right, right. the kind of design system at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're all, they've all kind of got their own unique character, but it's it's just sick for it to like all feel part of this and brand so experience. cohesive. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, and that comes from all those like tiny considerations that you sort of, you know, uh, anguish over the entire process and it comes out of the end, you like nailed it. Like yeah. it, that's why, yeah. Yeah, so that's really satisfying. Um, outside of work, recording an EP, which I think I mentioned in the last episode, like, so four, four songs in a band I'm playing in, that's going well, going to nice. do lead guitar tonight, um, <laughs> taking on a pro bono branding project, so really excited about that. Yeah, cool. Um, it would be nice to have one on the go at all, all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we plug that? Sure. I yeah, mean, let's do that. Um, it's going to be called Make Free May, uh-huh. um, but I guess there'll be more, a lot more information about it next week because yeah. I'm working to a very tight time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, excited to, to start pulling together some visual references and build out a, I guess, uh, visual direction for that nice, within nice. the next week. Yeah, cool. Um, what's been happening in your last week? Yeah, um, I've been on the tools um, doing some development for a project that we've been both working on. Um, so that's been really fun. And that, those deadlines are pretty crazy. So working hard on that and also have to sort of um, not, we're building some of it from scratch, but then also building or I guess um, adding on to some existing stuff that they have. So that's sort of been a bit of a bit of a tough thing to do and not the funnest as well it's always difficult trying to work in a project that's like eight years old or whatever with, yeah you know. and why is it that you have to work with um basically parts of an existing system yeah i guess basically they've gone through a rebrand and essentially they just need their well all of their site really to be on brand but they've got lots of um pages in there that are dynamic and very functional and do all kinds of stuff and we just don't have time to rewrite everything and, yep. and you know maybe it might not be worth it necessarily to rewrite it all like there's a lot of stuff there um so yeah so we've just gone for a, a different approach to try and essentially what they need is a cms as well so they can actually start editing and updating content and whatnot so we're sort of trying to merge those two two things in together so that's been all right um Polished off a few other projects over the past week or so, which has been really good. Finally, sort of invoicing, getting things paid. Um, tipping the buckets. Tipping all the buckets, yep. Buckets yep. have been tipped. Very good. And, uh, yeah, and I think it's probably going to be our best quarter yet so far, which is really fun. Um, and although, that being said, yeah, it's been a little worrying that we haven't been able to focus on much sort of new business stuff over the past week, week and a half, just because we've been so flat out busy. Yeah. Um, contrasted to like two weeks ago when that was all we were doing. So um, I think we still need to try and find a better balance there, I reckon. Yeah, cool. Yeah. 
Cool. All right, on to origin story. So let's. Um, we're not really sure whether we'll do both of them or not, or how that's going to work. But um, you're at the top of this list here, Tomo. So why don't we start with you? Um, how did you get into design, mate? Basically. Yeah, cool. I'm not going to tell my story since birth. I figured the best... So when did your parents meet? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, how far back do you want to go? I'll probably start around year 12. Uh Um, So I was really, really into graphic design in year 12. Um, Got exposure to it through Viscom, or like visual communication and design. Mm -hmm. Um, Did really well in that subject. Yep. yeah, and it was a space for like just exploring a whole range of different techniques and had heaps of support and was kind of like the gun designer at my school. Nice. Um, got into top designs, got my work in the museum, blah, blah, blah. Cool, like, cool. Um, was there something that you'd sort of focused on specifically or something that you realised that you'd sort of loved at that point or were you just sort of trying everything? Well, I was just trying everything for, yeah, okay. for like um, this project in particular. Like I created, a, I don't know, a bunch of T-shirts and a brochure and a poster to promote them and um creating the artwork for the t-shirts you know i was just exploring a whole bunch of um different processes like you know mark making with paint and with paper and doing um screen printing and making stencils and spray painting like it's the most experimental i've ever been yeah right. i still think back to that period of time like far out i need to (laughs) bring this back into my my design process yeah yeah that could be cool um do a bit of tagging on the side you know yeah yeah um, so, yeah, year 12, cool. huge year, yep. loved it. Um, and I'm kind of building up this this beautiful picture to contrast it with what happened the next year. Right. Um, went into design school straight out of high school. Okay. Um, and immediately felt so lost and right. kind of um, unimportant because no one cares, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, that you're a designer right. when you're studying with 200 yep. other designers. Yep. So going from, like, rock star designer, the standout, to you're just another one. Yeah, There's okay. a lot of people better than you. Uh-huh. Um, and the teachers don't care about yeah, you. Yeah. Yep. Um, nor should they, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also just you have to have a thick skin, right. I realised, yeah, to... Okay. to work in design whereas in year 12 it's like you don't have to have thick skin you don't have to put up with critique yeah okay yeah it's just you just get to experiment with everything and have a sick time right and you wrote the brief yourself yeah um that's always nice (laughs) yeah so i dropped out of design after one semester um and i think it's partly linked to just not being mature enough to take on that kind of critique and i feel like to be a really good designer you have to have a level of maturity yeah okay it's not about your artwork. It's about creating something for a particular audience. Right, um, right. And you have to detach yourself from uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, So I travelled um, for six months and came back and decided I was going to study business. Yeah, okay. Because um, that was always an interest in high school as well. Right, right. I worked in hospitality um, for five years and got exposure to how small businesses kind of operate. Right. Um, so I studied business for three years. Um, during those three years, I did an exchange in Vietnam, then I did an exchange in Canada. Um, kind of wasn't paying heaps of attention to the subject matter yeah, of my okay. course and just having a sick just time. enjoying it. <laughs> um, came back to Australia and uh, did an internship at IBM uh, while kind of doing these capstone projects. What, what's done? What do you mean uh, by that? Capstone projects like... Well, there are some degrees where it's like it's four years instead of three. The fourth year you work in industry and do like a uh, kind okay. of 
paper on your experience in industry or you do something to improve the organisation in some way. Right, okay. So it was in being there and kind of still going to uni and still doing a few subjects to kind of tie it all up. I was like, oh, my God, I'm studying international business. You know, I'm writing papers about trade ports. Uh I don't care about this at all. (laughs) Then I'm looking at the internship that I'm doing. I'm like, I'm at IBM in marketing, you know, and the department is selling um, business processes like accounting to companies, um, which is offshore. I'm like, I'm really not into this either. (laughs) What am I doing here? Um, So... I feel like if you picked, like, a random job out of a hat that was at IBM that was, like, to paint a picture of that, like, drone office thing, it yeah. would be global process outsourcing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, so there was there was a bit of a, like, what the F am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. So I left the internship early. Did you have sort of maybe, like, a case of the Mondays? Have you seen Office Space? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, you've got to watch that. I feel like that would be you at, at IBM. Probably, yeah. yeah. Like, it was... It, it fitted a lot of the stereotypes, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, so I kind of decided that I wanted to at least explore graphic design um, or go back to it because I knew I loved it. Yeah. Um, so I started going to talks, um, a lot of gen- general assembly. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, there were these f- kind of hour talks on how to make a great website. Or, yeah, so just like meetups around Melbourne. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I kept going back and I was like, these are all sick. Mm-hmm. Um I was really lucky. One of my housemates at the time was like, hey, uh, a friend of mine needs a logo done. Can you help her out? Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Uh, how much do I charge? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, 150 bucks. Uh-huh. But it's going to have to be two payments of $75 each. <laughs> yeah. So I need 50% up front, thinking I was like a gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me 60 hours <laughs> to do this logo. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a great learning process, you sure, know, going sure. through creating a brief and yeah, yeah. putting together something. I was like, that was sick. Mm-hmm. I want to do more of that. Yeah, yeah. So I kept putting the word out to people and started taking on more work after hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you, so you're still at IBM. I was still at yeah, IBM okay. at this time. Right. Um, and so I kept doing that, um, taking on more and more tiny projects um, for almost no money, but slowly increasing my fees. Yeah. Um, at that nine month mark of the internship, I was just like, this isn't going going anywhere for me. Mm-hmm. This isn't leading to anything. Staying here is dumb. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I called it um, and definitely wasn't ready to run a business. Right. Like, no way. Yeah, well, I feel like probably most people that go into business probably aren't, right? And then there's that. Yeah, period. I mean, there are more ideal conditions. Like, <laughs> yeah, you might sure. have a client list or you might have a bit of savings. Or, <laughs> I had none of those. I was just yeah. like, I'm just not into this. I've That's, done yeah. two or three logos, so time to start my... Uh, that's a deep end for you, hey? My enterprise, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't immediate. I had to work in hospitality for the next year yep, yep. Um, and just slowly take on more client work yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to stay afloat. But at the end of that next year, it's like, sick, I don't have to work in hospitality anymore. Yep. Um, moved to Brazil, um, and that's where my business really started. Yeah, okay. Um, so I had a few Australian clients. I was working all hours of the day. Yeah. Um, and kind of for the first time found a design community when I was living there. But of all places, I found it on Facebook. Yeah, okay. So there was like a Logo Geek group, which I still interact with yeah, today. Yeah, right. um, it's grown a lot since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the first time I was like, wow, there are other designers out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of us, uh-huh. you know, um, who have the same challenges with clients and have the same passion for typography or... Um, 
you know, just going through similar things, and then I discovered the future, which was a YouTube channel, and that changed the game for yeah, me. Right. All the lessons in that, I was just, you know, watching them all the time. I yeah, had yeah. them on in the background while uh-huh. I was working on projects. Um, and that just allowed, like, every new project to tighten up something about it. Yeah, yeah. No, those videos are awesome. And that's, so the future YouTube channel is F-U-T-U-R. Yeah, yep. that's right. Um, doing, yeah, so with every new project, I'd do, like, a Skillshare course or something else to kind of keep learning because, bearing in mind, I only did six months of a um, design degree. Yeah, okay. I had a lot of gaps to fill. So did you find that you sort of had some fundamentals from that or was most of it do you think sort of self-taught from I mean I got an introduction to things which I still remember yeah. so like typography one I still refer back to that class and right, the things right. that were presented like it was a great course yeah um, and even like design studio like for sure but I definitely had to fill in a lot yeah. to claim I understand the fundamentals of design yeah yeah. Um, and how long do you reckon that took from Oh, it's forever. Like, it's an ongoing process. But I think to actually be confident about having the fundamentals down, I think it was probably at the end of the year in Brazil. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably a year, really. That year in Brazil was pretty much bootstrapping the business. Yeah, yeah. Getting some processes in place, learning enough to have the fundamentals down. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, after that year, I came back to Australia um, and moved into a co-working space, mm-hmm. um, still with a pretty limited uh, client list, uh-huh. um, not billing much and kind of just bending over backwards for anything yeah, and yeah. saying yes to everything yep. and not really positioning um, in any way. And um, so how were you getting your clients at that point? Was it sort of word of mouth or word of mouth. advertising? Or? Yeah, no advertising. Yeah, I okay. still haven't done any advertising. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I don't know whether it's like, oh, you don't do advertising, therefore you mustn't, you know, yep. be running a business probably. Mm-hmm. I think particularly in this, it's like with branding, you're um, taking on someone's baby. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure whether an ad is going like to resonate. Push selling is going yeah. to, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very much a pool kind of yeah, for um, sure. marketing space. Um, so, yeah, and it was tough, really tough to begin with when I moved into the co-working space. I had a lot of overheads at the time. Yeah. Um, and there were some pretty quiet periods there. Uh, so I started to freak out, started to apply for jobs. Right, right. Um, still had this kind of feeling of imposter syndrome. Yeah. It's like I didn't even study design, you know. Yeah, classic. That's massive in developer circles as well. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but still had some projects coming through, you know. Uh, I ended up moving out of an apartment that I was living in at the time, which re- represented a huge expense. It uh-huh. coincided with a breakup. Yeah. Went back to my parents' place, and I was like, oh, okay, I can breathe now. Yep. Um, and a key, key, um, I guess, point of transition or a key moment was I had a job interview for a design gig, and I was talking to them about salary expectations mm-hmm. and, you know, communicated what I wanted, and their response was like, oh, you're not going to get that. Yeah, right. I was like, well, I am getting that. Yeah. So <laughs> that's it then. In your it? own business, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like... Okay, like I'm getting that in revenue and I have expenses and sure. I have to pay tax sure. and GST and whatever, but I'm like, but I am already making that, so yeah. this is kind of it. And isn't I don't it? work for anybody, so I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dive in as a junior for three or four years and for sure. you know, wait for you know, my employer to give me more opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Um and so it's been yeah, just gradual but 
over the last year, things have just continued to tighten up and mm-hmm. um, it just gets better and better. The, the longer I'm in this co-working space, there have been some great collaborations. Yeah, yeah. Um, great learning experiences. And, I mean, similar to what you mentioned at the start, uh, it's definitely been my best quarter. And yeah, I can just nice. look at each compared to the previous one and... I get, as as you've expressed before, it's you know the longer you're here, the more your business kind of legitimises. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And do you think that sort of coming to this co-working space, or what would have happened? Do you reckon if you hadn't have come here? I'm not sure, to be honest. I mm. I ha- have always had this like this internal drive to run my own business because yeah, okay. I worked very closely with my uncle who owns a few restaurants. Yeah, yeah through some pretty critical years like 14 or 15 all the way up to 20 yeah so it was clear in my mind that i wanted to pursue kind of um running it i wanted to run my own business yeah right um but if i didn't come here i don't know like i have i was in other co-working spaces i was working at the state library yeah yeah, wouldn't recommend (laughs) (laughs) if you need to take calls or anything it's pretty grim um but, I mean, who knows? I could have easily worked, ended up working in a design studio. Yeah, yeah. Or, yep. um, but another reason why I started this up was because I, I wasn't getting jobs. Yeah. You yeah. know, I applied for a few. Uh-huh. And I was like, I could just put this energy into starting my yeah, own thing. Sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, that very loosely kind of describes how I got here from high school. Yeah, cool. And what would you say, I guess, so if there's... Somebody listening out there. Somebody listening out there. Um, <laughs> just one. Yeah, just, if, one there's, person, if there's just one person. If that there's might, anybody out there. <laughs> that might be able to get some um, help. Uh, like, what, what do you reckon are the biggest sort of, um, biggest things of advice that you could give somebody that wants to sort of go on this journey as well? Yeah, I mean, be patient. Okay. If you can. Yep. I know that there are financial pressures. and. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, but just link to that. If possible, try and put yourself in a position where there are less financial pressures. I don't sure. know whether you can save or set aside enough money um, for like six months worth of yeah, okay. living and business expenses. Yep, yep. Because if you can do that, that's going to take the pressure off as well. For sure. Um, but again, I know I know not everyone can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say actively seek out opportunities to learn new things. Yeah, okay. Um, Always just sort of hope um, having a bit of like an open door and just... I think, yeah, that that was one of the things for me is just always trying to be as, as aware as possible as opportunities that come around. Because I feel like people, you know, a lot of people talk about luck and stuff, and obviously there's a lot of luck in there. But I think depending on sort of the person you are or or whatever, um, some people seem to have more luck, but I think it's just being more open to or looking for opportunities that are around yep. and making sure you take hold of them. Yeah, for sure. And, mm. I mean, it could just be as simple as, um, you know, there's someone you admire and yep. you ask them if they can you know, let you buy them a coffee. For sure, for sure. Not, you know, be your mentor <clears throat> 40 hours a week yep. for 10 weeks because yep. that's, you know... Slightly over the top. Well, their time, <laughs> their time is valuable. Totally. Um, and it, well, I guess that comes down to, like, what do, you, what do you think about mentors during this process? Did you have one and was it helpful? Or I had a mentor last year and it was so helpful. Right. I can attribute so many decisions to the conversations we had. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, Johan, who is the owner of uh, Brand Brothers in Paris, mm-hmm. he, he shared so many valuable insights with me, um, for which I'm really grateful. Yeah, awesome. Um, so I think mentoring is an, a brilliant thing because you go in thinking that 
here's the next set of decisions I need to make about my business. Yep. And then you have someone who's five years ahead of you who you admire. Yeah. And they're like, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Do this. Yeah. Or rather, have you considered this? Yeah, yeah. And I love how it's like you come in with some questions maybe and then by the end of that talk, those questions aren't even relevant anymore. Like Absolutely. Like it's just a complete different direction. Yeah, yeah you come in with an agenda. Yeah. It's like you can just tear that up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, definitely would recommend seeking out mentorship. Yeah. Um, but in doing so, just be really mindful of their time. Yeah, yeah. And what you're actually asking them uh-huh. for. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I feel like it's really easy to over-ask. For sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely important to have sort of those expectations nailed out at the start. Yeah, and maybe think, is there any way that I can help them? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, which leads me to my next point. Taking on mentees yep. is a great, such a great thing. For as sure. soon as you can send the lift back down, do it. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's always going to be someone who can, you know, benefit. It might just be like, oh, here's a great book or here's a tool that mm-hmm. I used. Here's something that changed the game for my processes i think the sooner you can do that the better yeah definitely mentees hold you to account <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely i mean you've got to know your shit if you're going to be a mentor well, like right if like you're, you... <laughs> if you're asking me these questions and i guess to some extent you're looking up to me i better have my shit together 100 <laughs> you know? percent. yeah yeah and i think that's a great thing about being a mentor as well is that you know it's obviously you're giving heaps back to the mentee and the community to some degree as well but you know it really skills you up as well in so many different ways you become so much more um, maybe cognizant of the of the processes and things you're trying to go through in your own mind to then try and describe them to somebody else. And it's really sort of one of those like active learning processes, I think. Totally, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, this this other thing, like it's the, in the articulation of thought, it yeah, becomes clear. 100%. Yeah. I keep harping on about that, but and I've definitely lifted it from the Two Bobs pub, pub, podcast, I think. Right. Um, but it just keeps resonating with me. You know, with this podcast that we're doing, you know, ideas are becoming clearer just talking about them, but also in communicating your processes or, like, trying to structure, I guess, um, advice or things for someone to consider. Yeah. It's going to become clearer and it's going to feed back into your business. Yeah, and it's almost like having another set of eyes, even though they're yours, but you're sort of coming at the the stuff that you do almost in a a different way, um, which I think, yeah, gives that sort of... You know, some of your processes you can think about and think, oh, actually, is this really what we need to do or should we do this or do this? Whereas, you know, if you weren't mentoring somebody, you wouldn't maybe be thinking about them in that sort of way. Yeah, for sure. Um, But enough about what I think. When did you or where did or how did you start your development journey? Yeah, okay. Um, So, yeah, I guess so I went through – well, let's start when it started. So I was living overseas for a little while after high school and whatnot – I'd been to uni the year before for three months and, and dropped out because it was boring and just failed everything and didn't go to class and actually learned how to drink beer there. Um, That's life. Yeah. Valuable skill. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Melbourne Uni. That's six grand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so after I was living overseas, I was having to come back due to visa and I was thinking, okay, when I come back to Australia, what the hell am I actually going to do with my, with my life? So... Uh, just, yeah, just, I don't know exactly why necessarily. I mean, I've always loved maths and, and science and stuff like that. Um, but I ended up sort of decided to practice programming, um, online. So I guess when I was younger though, um, my dad was a programmer and I can remember we bought the Lego Mindstorms things, which are yeah. those little bricks and you like plug the motors on and you could program them to do stuff with like a drag and drop kind of interface. So it was like kind of programming, Lego right? on crack. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. 
And so we did a bit of that when I was younger and played with TLC and TK, which are some like really old um, languages to make little GUI applications like on right. Windows or whatever. Yeah, and I was right. probably like 10 or 12 maybe. I'm not really sure. So I always sort of enjoyed that kind of stuff but never really um, progressed any further. But, yeah, but when I was in the U.S., decided to start actually learning web um, dev. And I'm not exactly sure why I decided web as opposed to application or learning Java or something like that. Um, I think the main reason was that web or starting web dev is very visual and you get like an immediate visual um, outcomes from what you do. You know, okay. as soon as you build sort of a little bit of HTML and put some stuff in there, color it, you're like, oh, cool, okay, I can see this website right Open now. Open that file and exactly. see what the bad boy looks like. Yeah, and yeah. so that plus the fact that a lot of the online courses um, – were focused around web dev and they were the interactive ones. And so the biggest one back in the day, well, probably the, the first big one was Codecademy. And so I got obsessed with Codecademy and was doing that basically in all my free time when I was overseas. And then by the time I came back to Australia, <clears throat> um, I was sort of able to make a website, I guess. Um, it was using Bootstrap and stuff like that. That was when that was really popular. Um, yeah. So that made sort of whipping something together pretty quick, relatively easy. Um and yeah, so and, and I guess you know part of one of my biggest drivers is probably curiosity, um, and so that definitely helped in trying to motivate me, trying to figure out and understand how things work, and if something breaks, okay, how to fix it, and all that kind of stuff. And so that was definitely um, so kind of like reverse engineering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. But definitely a massive motivator to learn. Um, but then also, I've got a mix of sort of near enoughism, I guess I like to call it, call it, where I only do stuff that you know until it is good enough. To, to whatever that might be, you know. Um, yeah. And so that allowed me, I guess, to learn a lot but then also make things and then move on, you know, so not sort of stressing about some of the details and sort of I, th- I found learning dev at the start was more sort of breadth and knowledge, trying to touch lots of different pieces to get a bit of an idea of the landscape um, helped quite a lot. But, yeah, so I did all those Code Academy courses, got obsessed with that and then eventually started making sites. Um, I had one of my mates uh, ran a construction business, so I made a website for him. It was like four or 500 bucks or something like that. Yeah. Um, Mega bucks. Oh, yeah, raking it in, you know, and obviously that took like 60 years to make and whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classic. And actually, you know what, I think in the end it didn't even go live. Like they were just waiting on content and images or whatever and that just, you know, never happened. Just a classic thing. Yeah, I guess uh, when there's only 400 bucks on the line. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, so during that whole process, I think the skills really, the main skills that I was developing were... Um, was how to learn, I think, right? Yeah, okay. And Rather that, than the actual language. Or, 100%, yeah. yeah. And that's still to this day, especially in web dev, you've got to learn stuff every single week. There's new things coming out. It's always changing and there's always new and sometimes better ways of doing things. And so it's a, you know, you definitely need to love learning and love knowledge to be in web dev, I reckon, because it's such a constant, constant thing, which some people I think would absolutely hate. But somebody like me, I just love it. I just love learning something new all the time. So I think, yeah, web dev's great for that. I mean, it's a, it's, an, it's a compelling kind of idea. You know, anything not being lifelong learning, like the world's always changing. Yeah, yeah. The idea that it's like, well, I did a degree, so now I've clocked that. Yeah. It's like, prob's not. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, think the opposite of lifelong learning is just not learning anything in stagnation. Like, that just sounds horrible. Why would you do that? Yeah. And that that's... That, like, makes me think of, you know, there's lots of jobs out there which are you don't learn and there's not new problems every day. And it's, yeah, and that just sounds horrible. Yeah, I mean, we're really touching on an issue with how a lot of education is yeah, um, supplied. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. 
So then I guess the next step was for me to try and get a job, I guess. So I didn't have any university qualifications. I finished high school. That was it. I'd just I'd done heaps of hospital work and stacking shelves and woolies overnight at oh, yeah. a supermarket in Melbourne um, or in Australia. And yeah, so trying to find a job, um, I guess this I can't give too much direct advice. Probably the biggest advice here would be to network and to meet people. You know, like Tom was saying before, there's lots of meetups and all that kind of stuff. Um, knowing people from high school, I guess if you've been to uni, try and make those networks there. But essentially, um, my brother knew a guy in Melbourne who was running a small digital agency. And I essentially just had a meeting to just have coffee with him and to pick his brain almost in a mentory kind of way. Yeah. It definitely wasn't like a, here's a job opportunity situation. It was more just like, hey, what's the industry like? How could I get a job? What should I do? That kind of stuff. And we spoke for a little while and then by the end of it, he was like, hey, well, you know, I've, I've got an opening and we don't have any developers. We've just lost one. So you'd be the only one. Um, and do you want to do a trial project? And I was like, yeah, okay, sounds good. Even though I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and, it, and just like, yeah, never built anything of that scale for a real client like that before. So I love that though. Yeah. Going into this, um, this catch-up just with curiosity rather than like, I'm going to get me a job. Exactly. There wasn't that expectation there that I think helped. I'm going to push to, yeah, Yeah. get this outcome. Because I feel like you can tell when you're having an Mm -hmm. interaction with someone. You know, it might be, you know, someone really wants to sell their product. But it's much more useful to just find out what what struggles you're having or just like, what's a day in the life like for you? Yeah, That's yeah. all I care about. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well with, with smaller businesses or, or smaller agencies, it's, you know, it's really important the type of person that you hire and the culture of the person that you hire. You know, their skills are important, but if you can see that they're good at learning as a web developer hiring somebody, that's more important than their skills at the time. Yeah. You know, and it's the kind of person they are and it's the, the integrity they have. And so I think, yeah, that came across really well. Um, and is probably what ended up sealing the deal for me. But yeah, so this trial project, you know, I didn't sleep for probably two weeks, I think, and was just like working like crazy and finally got this site up. And it was the first time using WordPress as well, which was freaking crazy. Mm. Um, but yeah, but that was really fun. And so ended up doing that. And then after that, um, started at this digital agency. So there's only, I think, so it was me, the boss, who was mainly just sort of um, new business really, um, and some scoping work until sort of I got better at it. And then we had a designer on staff for a little while, um, and then, yeah, so obviously a very small team. Um, but yeah, so I worked there probably in total, I think, for about two and a half or three years. And because it was such a small team, obviously, it got such great visibility into the whole process. Oh, yeah. And without a doubt, that was one of the best learnings I ever had there was being able to see, yeah, just every little facet of the business. Yeah. And yeah, and like you were saying, that's <clears throat> um, yeah, similar to your hospo stuff, just being able to see all that. It's just unreal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, did all that, which was great. And then... Um, Sort of towards the end of that job, I was getting clients on the side, doing um, website jobs and whatnot. And then I guess, yeah, that just sort of kept building up and up and up and up. And then eventually got to the point where I was like, okay, I can probably sustain myself now doing these side projects full time. And how did they rise to the surface? How did they come about these, I guess, side opportunities? Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, Some of it, I think, like I, I got known to be a web dev obviously around my friends and family and, and contacts in general, I guess. So that was probably a big part of it. Yeah. Um, I had run a few small businesses before that, not related to web dev um, at all. So people sort of did know that I was out and about running a business in some way. Um, right. But yeah, I think it was just mostly through networking. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, there were some clients 
that would leave the agency and then want like a little bit of work here and there and they didn't want to pay agency rates, they'd contact me out of hours and I don't know how legitimate that is. Probably not very. But I mean, I can understand that. They're small businesses not wanting to get, you know, 250 bucks an hour and they're just rather like a 30 buck an hour person just yeah. like doing and a I little fix here and there. For, sometimes for the agency, it's not worth their while to continue exactly right. an engagement with a yeah. client like that. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll finish an engagement and it's better for a client to, you yeah. know, take on a another designer for sure, to help for them sure. with... Yeah, and it wasn't obviously like any massive projects or anything like that. I mean, that would definitely be not nice. Uh, but yeah, so, and that sort of happened. And then eventually, um, yeah, just ended up, so I quit that job, ended up consulting for a couple of years. Um, and yeah, consulted for a couple of years. And, um, and then I was working, you know, from my... Uh, bedroom in my underwear, just completely like I was saying before, not like what a, a vision. Exactly, I know, <laughs> <laughs> not a very le- legitimate business, I guess. And didn't do any advertising; it was all just like word of mouth stuff, and it, it was going pretty well. And then um, I had a friend of mine who was living with me at the time, um, Andrew, who's now my um, business partner here, and he um, he sort of just quit his job and was really sick of it. And then we just sort of thought, hey, like let's start something, let's start a business and actually be a bit more legitimate and sort of start this thing. So we did that, and that's and we I guess we took all my clients over into that business basically. So that helped kickstart it, and there was definitely like way less risk from that perspective doing it that way. Yeah. Um, so that helped, and yeah, we did that, and then uh, maybe it was about a year or maybe a bit less than a year. Then we moved into the commons, and that's definitely really um, fast tracked everything. I think from like a business perspective as well, legitimizing all that, making. Um, Procedures and processes way tighter. That was a big focus of being around everybody in the co-working space, seeing people do really cool stuff in all different industries and and professions, and that's just been super motivating. And th- obviously, the the collaborations have been sick. Yeah, it's like um, daily inspiration. Just, it is just the environment. Legit. Yeah, just walking through the office and seeing people like doing cool stuff. You're like, wow, this is awesome. There's so much stuff being created here. Yeah, definitely inspiring. So, um, yeah, and then now we're here recording a podcast. So. So what are the main things you'd recommend or the little nugs of wisdom that you'd share with someone who's looking to get into development? And I mean, I'm, I'm sure the lessons could apply for someone looking to get into design, yeah, but sure. perhaps someone that wants to start their own business or yeah, so go I think down this, this <clears throat> road. The biggest question I hear from younger devs or people learning web dev is, what do I learn next? Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of online courses, obviously, that are great to give you a bit of a foundation. Um, but my advice always is to just start building something. Start build a website, build a little tiny app or something that shows you the weather in Melbourne or something on a website. Mm. Just something like that because – and ideally, you know, it's something that will solve a real-world problem for you, but it doesn't necessarily have to. Um, but that at least allows you to sort of – you start a project and you think, okay, what do I need to learn to be able to start doing this? Or, you know, you get to the step where, okay, I've got to hit the some weather API to get the information back. Okay, how do I do that? So let's go and learn that somewhere else now and then come back and apply it. And that way you're sort of building an actual project as opposed to just sort of amassing some random knowledge here and there, which you will probably forget as well if you're not yeah. sort of actually doing something with it. So I think that's definitely the first step is just start building stuff. And from a developer perspective, obviously, as well, if you're using GitHub to um, for source control, you know, it's great to have all your public projects up there and, and um, potential employees can have a look at them. That's really common um, as a replacement for um, educa- or, you know, a formal education. It's pretty common. But just to, to um, add to that, if I may, the um, idea of just build something, mm-hmm. I think even more valuable is if you're working on a project that you 
care about. You know, like maybe yeah. really love, I don't know, guitars or burgers or whatever. If this project can tie back to something that you're internally passionate about, the chances of you burning the midnight oil are much higher. Yeah, that's brilliant advice. Absolutely. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah, and and you know, and that's a classic thing of it's better to do something a little less every day than it is to do it intense for a month and then not do it anymore. You know, it's yeah. just that repetition and consistency consistency of trying to learn something, I guess. Um, and, yeah, and I guess as well, like you were saying, it's great to have a mentor. Um, I never particularly really had one um, as I was the only dev at that agency, but now being a mentor and having a few mentees has been unreal and, and giving back. And, you know, and that's and part of being a developer as well as being on Stack Overflow all the time and seeing the amazing community there and trying yep. to give back to that as well. For sure. And it's, yeah, it's a brilliant place. Well, for me, it's that Logo Geek yeah, right. um, Facebook group. Someone will post up something and, you know, I'll take like half an hour, an hour to provide a proper critique. Yeah. Because I was getting that, you know, yeah, yeah, three exactly. years ago yeah. when I really needed it. Yeah, that's it. And it's just all for free. They're not looking for anything back. And it's just such a, it's an inspiring place to be around. Yeah. And to be involved in. Yeah, nice one. So um, any other little nugs of yourself, do you reckon? Well, I mean, it's probably just going back to the, the end of me talking about my origin story, but it's persistence and patience. Yep. Um, sending the lift back down as soon as you can. Yeah, cool. Um, lifelong learning because that's the whole point. Yep. The world's always changing and um, it has to be for life. Uh, oh, here's one that I'm not sure if I touched on it, but quiet times are for business development. It's a good thing to have time off the tools. So yeah, yeah. working on the business rather than in the business. Mm-hmm. And I, this is a little nug that comes from me talking about, you know, those periods of time um, a few years ago where I was freaking out and yeah, okay. started applying for jobs. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But really that's an opportunity to focus on developing the business. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the last one's find your community, and they might be online. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be going to meetups necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could be that it begins through a Facebook group. Yeah. It might yeah. be the design kids in Melbourne or whatever city you live in, um, given it's growing so much. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, well, that's uh, where me and Tomo came from. That's and the origin story. Thanks for listening. And, uh, see you next week. See you, potatoes.